Welcome back to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to give you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones, too. I'm Annie Aguiar. And I'm Chris Forrester. And we're back from spring break. We are. And we don't want to be. You're sunburned. I'm not because my body stays pasty white no matter what happens to me. But even though spring break is over, we're still kind of reliving it through cinema. Yeah. On today's episode of Double Feature, we're going to talk about some spring break memories with Spring Breakers, the contemporary classic that's wild. That's the only (laughs) word I have for it. Wild. And a personal favorite of mine, A Bigger Splash by Luca Guadagnino. We love Luca. We do love Luca. We obviously. If if you're not, if the name recognition isn't there for you, Luca is the director for Call Me By Your Name and a personal favorite of the podcast, Suspiria. Suspiria. And also I Am Love, which Annie hasn't seen, but I love. I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, I started watching I Am Love and I hated it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers. This is the movie where, okay, starring Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, and James James Franco Franco with a gold grill and cornrows as a drug dealer named Alien. And also... It's great. How many... Literally, how many times in that movie does... Is is he just... His narration just... Spring break. He says spring break like 50 times. It's ridiculous, but it's also such a good movie. This movie is one of those films that if you, if you like show me a review of it that's like zero out of five stars, this is the worst movie ever, or like five out of five like stunning contemporary masterpiece, I will just nod and be like, correct. Okay. So the movie is for college-aged girls at a not-named town that is seems like the Midwest, but I yeah. might be projecting. I think it's yeah. I think it's more southern? like southern. Okay, Midwest. yeah, yeah, southern Midwest around there. Um, they want to go on spring break, obviously. So they rob a fast food place and get on a bus to Saint Petersburg, Florida, which is where I spent my spring break. But you didn't rob a fast food joint to get there, I, as far as I know. We don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> While on spring break, they have some fun and then get into some legal trouble and they run into Alien as played by James Franco horrifyingly. Yeah. And then things considerably devolve. Gucci Mane is in this movie. Gucci Mane is the antagonist of this movie. Like I said, this is (laughs) a trip of a movie, but it's also kind of spectacular. Like, I I thought this movie was going to be like gross and just like oh there's a lot of boobs and drugs and like yeah there There are are, that but it's also just a really good movie it walks this tightrope perfectly at every single moment where it's like to the left is like the worst movie you've ever seen and to the right is like a a masterpiece and it's like those things at once and it is so funny and like kind of transcendent and like it's just wow I, I hate to be like Mm, social commentary, but like, mm, social commentary. It's At like, one point, James Franco's drug dealer character just has a part where he's talking about how he is the example of like living the American dream. It's a lot. Well, I think it works because it's this movie is just so like amped up on like sweat and drugs and like spring breaker culture that it's like 
so obnoxious and like tongue in cheek and Spring. in your face about it. Spring, like, <laughs> um, that it's not like, it's not like stilted about it. Yeah, it's like a very like biting, piercing commentary as opposed to like a very like, oh, huh, like look kids, at my observations. You know? But it's like becoming who you are and finding yourself but taken to a very, very dark place. Yes, one of my absolute favorite parts of this entire movie. Um, there's a lot of like interesting editing and like layering of scenes. And there's a scene where with the characters like on a beach watching the sunset drinking, and it's like this montage of them partying and stuff layered over this um, voicemail that one of them leaves her grandmother <laughs> where she's talking about like, oh, I really just feel like I found myself on this trip, like, being here with these people. And it's, like, a very, like, she's making it out to be a religious experience, but you're watching her just get, like... Cocaine. Completely, like, out of it on drugs and, like, party. And it's Selena Gomez. It's so funny. It's very funny that it's Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Like, it's very... Like, (sighs) this movie is not playing with realism at all like selena gomez's character is the religious one of the girls and she names she's named faith and everything is oversaturated there is this there's this one tweet that's like i love movies set in florida using that as just like a cotton candy colored hazy realm of disillusionment which is totally a hundred percent because this the colors in this movie go from like the cotton candy like pretty sunsets to like that dark neon drive aesthetic yeah and all the while it's just pumped up to well and 30. Like, the people on the beach are are straight up orange yeah this movie is wild and it's one of those movies where I I can sort of put into words why I think it works but you kind of also just have to watch it and see for yourself like you might hate it, you might love it, but regardless, like, what it's trying to do, to crib from your playbook, this movie is so good at being this movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's on Netflix, so watch it. You have no reason not to. I'm Reading about this movie, like, the director said he was more concerned with getting, like, the sensory feeling right than, like, cohesive plot. And yeah. the plot's like, okay. But I think that feeling aspect he's going for is so, like, he accomplishes that point. His name's Harmony. Harmony Corinne. Harmony Corinne. It's so, ugh, sense. Someone called it, like, an impressionistic yeah. movie. And I well, said, I think hello. I think it's funny because it's sort of like the same style of filmmaking as, like, Terrence Malick, but where Terrence Malick is very, like, stilted and, like, wants to make wind blowing through trees into, like, a religious experience. Like, this movie takes the same impressionistic filmmaking style and uses it for, like... Chugging. People chugging booze on a beach. And yeah. it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> the other thing I love about this and reading it afterwards, um, A24 hardcore campaigned for James Franco for Best Supporting Actor. That's amazing. To no avail, obviously. I just want to say I miss the days when A24's movie slate was, like wild like they had like spring breakers and under the skin which is like um scarlett johansson as an alien prostitute yeah yeah yeah. and and i don't know now we get like lady bird spinoff number 74 i love indie movies and i love like this is an 
important movie about feelings. But I feel like they too often are afraid to venture into these more like wild spaces. Yeah. Like it you don't have to be, you know, sad in your bedroom back home to be contemplative or to have yeah. something to say yeah, about yeah. something, you know? And I feel that this movie is a good example of that. Well, I, I think do it manages have... to be thoughtful and like interesting without being like, uh-huh, contemplative drama. Like it's yeah. it's a fun movie to watch. I do have one problem with it. Well, I have I have many with problems. It. But with like it. one of my problems with it is like this is a male director and writer. Yeah. And I get to like social commentary, but so much of this movie is just like boobs and butt. Then at some point it's are you commenting upon the commodification of the body or are you just relying upon the commodification yeah, of the it's body? Like this again the tightrope thing where it's like sometimes that doesn't work out because it's like this is like at once like commentary but also fetishization and also so much of this movie revolves around like critiquing like spring breaker culture and like lambasting it but it's like focused more on the like girls who are like nude on the beaches just I mean like it's not necessarily like misogynistic but the fact that it's like following women and like only critiquing through that lens and not really saying anything about like yeah. Everyone does this. Yeah. Like men and women feels a little iffy. Yeah. It's <laughs> James Franco's character isn't really used as a statement upon masculinity. No. He's, he's just, just him. He's just He just him, man. But honestly, Also, again, I, I, I don't think we focus on it enough. Gucci Mane is the antagonist of this movie and he does a good job. Yeah, he is really good. It's Wow, Gucci Mane. <laughs> Um, I say this with full offense because I don't like James Franco. This is the perfect role for him <laughs> because he's just weird and disgusting and like creepy yeah. and terrifying. But I, I say this part with like full props to him. He's really good at it. Yeah. No, he is so gross. He's. But I don't know. There's some parts in it where I'm like, oh, you're James Franco and you're trying to act. Yeah. Like his whole. Uh, there's one part where he's like at a piano. <laughs> it's, it's oh my god, it's so dumb. Listen, there's a Britney Spears cover in this song started by James Franco. There is a Britney Spears song used in like the most transcendent, yeah. horrible way you could possibly imagine it. Yeah, I think transcendent is your new word. Transcendent. To cut down on. No flavor. <laughs> the flavor of this movie. Okay. Speaking of a flavorful movie. A bigger splash. That's delicious. That is scrumptious. <laughs> okay. So, so a bigger splash is by Luca Guadagnino, who is the filmmaker behind Call Me By Your Name, Suspiria, um, I Am Love, and some other older movies that no one's seen. Um, and this movie is about an aging rock star played by Tilda Swinton, who's on vacation with her lover. Um, in Italy? I think so. It I seems so. Italian. Somewhere in Europe, because that's where Luca's movies are set. Um, and she's on vocal rest, and she meets up with an old flame of hers, played by Ray Fiennes, and his daughter, played by my idol, Dakota Johnson. <laughs> Dakota. Dakota. She's so good in this. And like 
many of Lucas' films, it takes a very, like, I think, pretty generic premise and just runs with it. And he has this amazing capacity where, like, the stories that he's telling don't always have to be completely perfect or riveting, but the way that he tells them, it's so engrossing. He captures the senses of it and, like, the utter, in this case, like, the utter ridiculousness of the sexual tension that arises is so much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It is... Okay, so this is part of Luca, as he calls him, the Desire Trilogy, yes. which is I Am Love, This Movie, and Call Me By Your Name. And it is very much fitting into rich people in Europe lounging in luxurious places and falling in love and maybe having some sex about it. And I don't even care. It's so good. It's so much fun to it's watch. It's so lush. Like, yes. I, I would, I'm never going to live that life, but like, oh. Isn't it nice to imagine? It's like Italian countryside. Ordinarily, I find that that like brand of movie to be like sort of like that decadence is kind of off-putting and I'm yeah. like I hate these people for being rich. But like when Luca does it, I'm like I love them. When can I live that lifestyle? I think the biggest downfall of this movie is that Tilda only plays one character. Yes. Yeah. He really did something <laughs> when he said one Tilda, two Tildas. Three Tildas. Tildas in Suspiria. Uh, okay, one of the things that upset me about this movie is, like, the trailer starts with Tilda Swinton in full rock star. Tilda Swinton rock star outfit looks like like she's playing David Bowie. Well, oh, he knows. Yes. Luca yes. Guadagnino knows that um, Tilda Swinton is the best human. You said this when we podcasted about Suspiria, yeah. that, like, he is the only man on this planet who truly understands the power of Tilda Swinton yes. and he uses it to full effect. Oh my god, she is so like <sighs> this movie is so good. And Just the performances in it are so a Saint good. A St. Vincent cover of Emotional Rescue. <laughs> Thank God. Thank it's, God. I definitely in my ranking of Luca movies I have seen thus far, it's Suspiria this and Call Me By Your Name. I think this is actually my least favorite of really? the movies of his that I've seen, but it's also like the most fun. Like if you're gonna, it's it is a I'm, fun time. I, Chris these, made me watch it. If you're, uh, of course, as did. always, of course it did. If you're gonna set all of his movies out on a table for me and be like, which one do you want to watch? Like nine times out of ten, I'm gonna pick this one because it is just a blast. And, and how many times have you checked it out of the Collins? Library. Many, many. <laughs> they probably see me and they're like, flip a coin. Is he going to check out the Grand Budapest Hotel or a bigger splash? Oh, my God. Um, I, Ray Fine. Ray Fine's is so powerful. He's so great in this. He's so – I'm trying to think of, like, things I have seen him in that I love him in because this Grand might, Budapest Hotel. I never saw Grand Budapest really? Hotel. Really? Yeah. Um, he is spectacular in Hail Caesar. Would that it were so simple. <laughs> Would that it were so simple? Would that it were so simple? We're not actually talking about the movie. We're just talking about <laughs> other movies. Um, it's just... I saw him once. It was in a piece about this film that was, like, um, describing him as, like, the tragedy of, like, an act... Like, an actor with the caliber of a leading man who gets relegated to, like, a character actor. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so... Such a, yeah. like, true I feel like this role really does let him do both. Yes, because you know? it takes that, like, character actor character that he would play as, like, a side character, and it's like, what if he's one of the main characters? Yeah, he's very goofy, but very fantastic and fun. Like, oh, I love seeing him and Tilda together. Yeah. They're, like, two 
birds who don't quite understand each other's birds' dimensions, you know? It's like an egret trying to interact with, like, a swallow. Yes. But I love it. Yes. I think this movie, like, it does such a good job of, like... It's a little dumb. Oh, it's a lot dumb. (laughs) But it's, like, all of these characters who are, like, pushing very clear moral boundaries that's, like, you shouldn't do that. But you also are sitting there saying, do it. Do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. Of his Desire trilogy, I think I Am Love is like a movie about um, an affair. And it's very like it's his probably his most sensual film, mm-hmm. even more so than Call Me By Your Name. And it's just a very like it's love, just like purely like erotic, sensual, like the the scenes between those characters in that movie you feel like not only what they're feeling but like the environment it's so lush and then call me by your name is like a more restrained like pure first love story and then this one is just completely like doing a triple backflip yeah. off the off the springboard for a like a bigger splash for a bigger splash <laughs> i didn't even think about that God. Um, no this it's movie is so much fun yeah. i cannot say it enough like this if you watch this movie and you like it's the right type of movie for you to enjoy. The first time I saw it, I actually didn't love it because I it was, I was coming off of seeing Calling by Your Name for like the uh-huh. third or fourth time. And like I just come home from the theater, like there are still tears dried on my cheeks. And I was like, I want to watch more by Luca. And I should have watched I Am Love because that's more in the vein of what I wanted. But I watched this and I was like, this is a, a, a sex comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sex comedy. It's a sex comedy, but like more polished and refined and like. Like, it's not a dumb sex comedy with, like, Cameron Diaz or, like, Melissa McCarthy or someone like that. It's tasteful. It's, like, a sex comedy for people who like gelato instead of ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) God. That's the perfect... We just high-fived, but very weakly. That's the perfect way to describe this. Oh, my God. The flavor of this movie. Stop. It is so rich. It is so delicious. I completely think that this movie derails in the third act because it just it just like goes down this rabbit hole of like it's ridiculous but it's almost like spring breakers in a way that it's like luca knows that what he's doing is like absolutely not the like correct way to resolve this story it's the most ridiculous way oh it's a horrible direction having a blast with it yeah there's a there's a part where you're just like wait what that what? That's huh? what happens in what? this movie? We, but we, we started rewind. here. We we went from A to B to C to To Q. a different alphabet. <laughs> and suddenly we're in Arabic. <laughs> but it is such a joy to watch because it's like it's like working on an art project and you've drawn everything like I can't draw hands or faces and like no one can. And it's like you've drawn everything so perfectly. You've like completed the the Mona Lisa but not the face. And you know you're not going to be able to do the face, so you just draw a smiley face, and you're like, masterpiece. And he is so proud of himself for it, and I'm so proud of him. Yeah, I I love this movie. It's, it's perfect for, oh, I have to be back in Indiana, but I'll just pretend. Yes, it's so... Yeah, Yeah. perfect. Well, yeah, it's so perfectly not perfect at all. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Double Feature. I've been Annie Aguiar. I am Chris Forrester. And, and next week, week we're going to go full on weeaboo by talking about Akira and Perfect Blue. I'm so excited. I have not seen either of these movies. Ah, it's going to be fun. The flavor. <laughs>